0: Bakratunda Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Niribhiganam Kurume Deva Sarvakareshu Sarvada Sri Guru Bhionamaha Dhyanamulam Gurururti Mantramulam Gurur Vakam Puja Mulam Gurur Padam Moksha Mulam Krupa Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Bhagavate Rudraiya Om Ayim Reem Kalim Chamundaye Vichy Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Om Bhagavate Shri Sahajananda Swami Maharajaya Namaha Sarve Guru Bhyo Namaha Sarve Acharya Namaha Sarve Avutare Bhyo Namaha. Shri Krishna Namaha Shri Ramachandraya Namaha Shri Hanumate Namaha Om Om Shri Guru Stotram Akanda Mangala Kadam Bapta Mina Darshitam Yena Tasme Shri Gurave Namaha Agnan Timirandasya Gnanan Janashalakaya Chakshurum Militam Yena Tasme Shri Gurave Namaha Brahma Guru Vishnu Gurudevo Maheshwaraha Guru Revaparam Brahma Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Stavaram Jangavam Vyaptam Yatkinchit Kinchit Sacharacharam Tatpadam Darshitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Chinmayam Vyapiyatsaravam Trailokam Sacharacharam Tath Padam Darshitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Sarvashruti shiro ratne virajitapadambuja Vedantaambuja suryoyaha tasmai shri gura venamaha Chaitanyaha shashvatam shantaha vyomati to niranjanaha Bindu nade kalatita tasmai shri gura Gnana shakti samarudaha tattva malavibhushitaha Bhukti mukti pradhata cha tasmai shri gura Aneka Janma Samprapta, Karma Bandha Vidahine, Karma Bandha Vidahine, Atma Gnana Pradhanena, Shri Guru Venamaha. Shoshanam Vasindoshya, Gnapanam Sarasapada, Guru Pado Dakam Samyak, Tasme Shri Guru Venamaha. Na Guru Tatvam, Na Guru Radhikam Tapaha, Tasmai Gnana Atparam Nasti, Shri Guru Venamaha. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Om Manyata Shri Jaganata Madguru Shri Jagad Guru Madatma Sarva Tasme Shri Guru Venamaha Guru Radhi Guru Paramadevatam Guru Guru Paramat Guru Guru Parataram Nasti Tasme Shri Guru Venamaha Tomeva mata chapita to Tomeva bandu shasaka to Tomeva vidya Dravinam to Tomeva sarabam, mama deva deva, shri guru bhionama, it is the guru stotram, uddre dhatmanatmanam, atmanam of a sadit, atmai vayatmano bandu, bundur, atmai varipuratmanaha, shri guru bhionamaha. Welcome to Daily Satsang. This is Sachin here. Today is the 8th of September, 2021. We are continuing our contemplation on the verse, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Baheshwara, Guru Deva Param Brahmat Asme Shri Guru Venamaha. There is quite a bit of metaphysics behind this verse. In, there are different... Um, levels of understanding or different degrees of understanding this particular verse Guru, Brahma, Guru, Vishnu, Guru, Deo, Meishara. So first of all, just as a quick review, the word Guru has made up, up to, out of the two, you know, two parts, Guru. So Guru means what? What is the meaning of this word Guru? Guru means darkness, ignorance, vasna, desires that are harmful, all of the bondages that we experience in life in the human frame all of the, those bondages pains suffering lack of clear understanding lack of clear vision all of that is gu. And, and ru is light it is the atma it is knowledge it is gnya it is bhakti vairagya it is it is divinity all of that is ru so so the entire transformation the spiritual, psycho-spiritual transformation, it is a movement from the Gu to the Ru. And that movement is within us. Movement meaning it is not just a physical Physical movement is one thing. It is a movement of the psychological consciousness from Maya into the Brahman. That is the actual reality of the Guru within us. It is the guru, tattva that is awakening within us. You know, when we hear the word guru, we tend to think of people with long beards and orange clothes and different bag and different things. You know, that's true also. That is because of tradition and culture and circumstance and all of that. People have come as different teachers or as incarnations or whatever. And they have taken on different garbs. Different sadhanas are taken on. Sometimes we think of people with like these long jattas or we have like people with, you know, these uh, these big malas and all that, Rudraksha, Mara, and all that. These are all sadhana. But the definition of the guru, or what is meant by guru, is an internal awakening and realization. From ignorance into divine light. From pain and suffering or the polarity of the mind into a state of non-polarity, that is ananda. So the guru tattva... The manifested being, the human manifested being is also called Guru. Because Guru is, it can be so many things. It, is not, it can be a human manifested person. It can be a book also. Like many people consider Bhagavad Gita as the Param Guru. Some, uh, some will consider like the Murti, like of Sri Krishna Bhagavan, as Guru. So it is also possible to consider um, just the nature as Guru. You know, the earth and water and fire and wind and all these things that we see. That Like Guru Dattatre, he considered everything as Guru. He had 24 Gurus. It is possible to make anybody Guru actually. It is possible to take the most useless thing, quote, useless thing in this world and make it into a Guru. For example, take a piece of coal. You take a piece of coal and how do you make a, the piece of coal into your Guru? So, oh, this coal is a potential diamond. Similarly, I I am also like the coal. I need to uh, modify myself and develop myself so the coal becomes my guru in that sense. You can make anything guru if you take a good quality from anyone that, that is a guru tattva acting within us. That is the broader idea. Right? So 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 this word guru is this internal transformation. Now we want to go a bit go a bit further. When when we are saying Guru Brahma, Guru vishnu, Gurudevo Maheshwaraha. What do we mean by this? Is Brahma, is this reality of Brahma, Vishnu, Maheshwar, is this some imaginary, concocted, fake thing inside the mind that somebody started somewhere, made some images and paintings and, and said, let's worship this, and then now thousands and thousands of people are, are just worshipping some, some fabricated uh, thing? Is that what it is? It is not that. I want to be clear about it and I did mention this before also that the, that the different Lokas that you see on the screen here, the Swargaloka, Maharloka, Janloka, Tapoloka, Satyaloka. These are different realms of reality. They're different Lokas meaning they're different planes of existence or they can be even considered planets but it's, no, it's more than a planet. Now somebody will say, how in the world do you even know that any of this exists? All we see through our senses is this world only. And we see the galaxies through Hubble Space Telescope. And we, through microscope, we see the different uh, bacteria and all those things. And through electron microscope, we can see even atoms now. And there's also more developments in that. So I want to bring out two words here. What is One word is indriya, and the other word is indriyatit. Indriya means what? The senses, the five senses. Whatever is known through the five senses or through the extension of the five senses, like the Hubble Space Telescope, that is within the realm of, this, of, of our reality, of, 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 of what we can perceive within the universe, through our five senses. We, we can extend the five senses. For example, we cannot see you know, bacteria cells from our, with our eyes. But if you have a nice microscope, with a gross tuning, fine tuning. You can see them actually with the proper staining and all that. You can see gram stain, gram negative, gram positive. But before that kind of an instrument was developed, there was no uh, way to see the, the, that level of microscopic phenomena. But that doesn't mean it didn't exist. It exists. But still that is within the realm of the senses. Now in the Vishnu Sahasranam and in many other scriptures, there is a word called Indriyatit. Remember, in, in Sanskrit, the word teeth means beyond. So, beyond the realm of the senses. So, all of this thing with, with the heavenly planets Indra Loka, Mahar Loka, Janaloka, and then, of course, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva afterwards, beyond all of that, all of that is beyond the senses. Now, somebody will easily ask the question Well, Sachin, you are saying they're beyond the senses, or the rishis are saying they're <laughs> you know, beyond the senses. How are we supposed to even accept that there's anything like that what is the what is the point you know how do we know as i mentioned before in previous recordings that this is a meditative tradition this is a discovery that rishis went inside inside deep inside and they were able to stabilize their mind their thoughts they were curious about the reality of what is this world where did this world come from and what is the nature of existence Uh, so on, so when you have that question, what is the nature of existence, or what is existence? That is called ontology. O n t o l o g y. Ontology is the study of being in Western philosophy. The, so the same word uh, is used uh, in Eastern uh, 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 um, Eastern approach. Uh, the word it's not the word ontology. It's another word, and that that word is tattva. Tatva refers to substance. You know so. When the, the rishis went really, really profound inside, they discovered the chakras, they discovered the nadis, 72,000 nadis. Then they went outside the realm of the mind from an internal realization and they discovered that there is a doorway into all of these higher realms. Swargalok, maharlok, janlok, taplok, all these things, and the brahma lok and all that. Now, the only way anybody knows that this exists is if if one follows the Vedic path that is shown by the rishis because that path is, has been walked upon by many, many great sages and it is a bona fide path because over 10,000 plus years, they discovered this internal path and from there, thousands of different gurus and sampradayas and other things came about to try to reopen that path from the inside out. It is it is an exploration from the inside out. You know, the Hubble Space Telescope takes pictures of these massive galaxies that are impossible to see with our eyes. It goes into deep space and sees that because it, is, it has got that kind of power. Similarly, that's... Okay, so that's the external depth. There's also an internal depth. So if we sit with ourselves and with the mind and all, we can see there's so much activity going on, but it's possible to stabilize all of that and go beyond it. So that is so. what we call the Vedic tradition, it is not like a sectarian religion or Hinduism and all that. That is all nonsense. That has nothing to do with this at all. There's no word like Hinduism also. I mean, there's a word like that that's given by the British. It's not Hindu or ism. These Both of these things are totally false. So that is just totally a misnomer. The, the word Ved even means to know. So you can know two things, the external world and the inner world. And in Vedanta means that what is at the end, what is at the conclusion of the Vedas, the, the higher realization, it is the discovery of this exploratory journey. The discovery is that there is a vast consciousness called the Brahman. The Brahman means vast, infinite. They discovered there's an infinite reality within which infinite universes exist. Infinite Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva exists. There's not only one Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. Every universe has brahma Vishnu shiva This is written in multiple scriptures. Many people don't know that. So there was an incredible level of realization. And then the Veda mantras, what we considered the four Vedas, these were not created by any human being. They were heard in meditation by the rishis. And because they were heard, they were transmitted orally generation to generation and then eventually written down by Ved Vyazji. That's why he's called, you know, the Acharya, the main Acharya of the, of the Hindu tradition is Vedivyasi. We celebrate his birthday during Guru Purnima, And we remember all the other Gurus also. Why is that? Because he took what was there before him, thousands of years before him. It was all orally there and he systematized it, classified it and wrote everything down. So that's the tradition. That's what, So when we have Ved mantras like R- Rugved, you know, Rugved has some 50,000 plus mantras are there. In fact, here in Delaware, we have a Panditji who is at the Hokasan temple. You know, he's a master in rigveda My God, I mean, you know, and then they practice all this thing, but they don't do with the general public because the general public cannot, you know, deal with all that stuff. It's too, too complicated. Uh, but they have, they're trained for 25 years in just in one Veda. It's not a joke. You know, this is a very, very powerful thing. Each Veda mantra has infinite power. So I want to explain that point also. The Ved Mantras, Ved Mantra is a metaphysical technology. See, just like how we have, you know, the internet right now, we have, um, you know, so many websites and everything. This is a developed technology over so many years of research. Ved Mantra is the technology beyond technology. It's the science beyond the science as many uh, gurus state. Because it is a metaphysical technology that creates the brahmanda creates the entire universe, and it is a metaphysical technology for each Jivatma to experience the waking state and dream state and deep sleep state. It is not simply simply like some rituals and you know some something somebody dreamt up one day It's not like that. the om mantra for example, or the different suktas that are there within the vedas like purusha Sukta, shri Sukta, which we are familiar with to some extent these things are not constructed by anybody they have been uh, uh, they have been given to the rishi's minds by krupa by grace it is the grace of the divine to uplift the jivas out of maya so that's where the vedas came from you know the, you may have seen those video serials that the, the Brahmaji is speaking the Vedas from different mouths. He Brahmaji has foreheads like this, so all that all that is referring to the fact that he can see everything. And there's a metaphysical uh, being like Brahma. Brahma is not some imaginary thing. It's not like oh well, let's just create some some make some drawing and call it Brahma with foreheads and and some some uh, uh, iconography and meta and and, uh, and and just some uh, some uh, type of uh, a picture and some um mythological thing. That is not the case. Many people think that's what it is, but it's not like that. There is actually a being called Brahma. He's a metaphysical, it's an Ishvara being Ishvara meaning what he's a controller of the he's a creator of, of the universe. Just like in our life, when you you know we we have a father and mother, do we not? We have a father and mother. They are the creators of this body. Similarly The entire creation has a creator. But that creator being is metaphysically seen, meditatively seen in Samadhi. If you want to see Brahma actually, is the, how are you going to see Brahma? So that is where the the, the mantra sadhana shown by the rishis and the various approaches that they have shown. You can connect with those higher level beings. Now, one of the best modern-day examples of this is um, S. Ramanujan, the mathematician. You may have heard about this. There's a movie called The Man Who Knew Infinity. And he used to see the goddess Durga, or, or, or his uh, actual his, uh, family goddess called Namagiri, from the, from the temple that he was uh, you know, in, actually. And she would write the mathematical equations in, at nighttime in the dreams. Now, and then that would be revealed to his mind and then he wrote them down and he would understand them and he would write them down. And, and then eventually Trinity College got hold of that and he'd be, you know, he became one of the topmost mathematicians. And these, these equations are about black holes and about really extraordinary phenomena in the universe. So how did S. Ramanujan get all of those equations? Where did he get them from? Yes, he had a certain vision that was given, that, that, he, that was awakened, but he himself stated that there would be a red screen that will appear and a hand will be writing these equations. See, there's modern day evidence that these higher beings that we don't see, they, there's, a connect, there's a potential connection with them about the higher truths and higher reality, and including all of the different domains of knowledge. So what we call the Vedic tradition is not some, some, uh, some uh, ritualistic, concocted, foolish tradition as many people think it is. They say, what rituals are you are doing, you foolish people? What nonsense is all of this? No, it is not like that at all. There is, there is the reality of Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva and the goddess Durga. They, they actually exist. There is the existence of the heavenly planets, uh, these Maharlok and Janlok and Taplok. But this is not accessible through science, through external exploration, through the senses. You can take a space shuttle or a spacecraft and keep going into outer space, and you'll never reach Svargaloka. You'll never reach Maharloka or Janloka or anything like that, because it is it is in a different dimension. That's why. You know, so in the same thing is true with the lower lokas also the Atal, Vital, Sutal, Talatal. Mahatal, Rasatal, and Patar. All of these lower planets, that is, they're, they're hellish planets. That's where the pain and suffering is much more intense. And then there are the heavenly planets. So it is called Swarga Mrityu, Patar. Sometimes it is classified like this. So this entire realm here, from, from where we are right now, see, we are in Bhur Loka, earth plane. Above us are these, above meaning they're at a higher vibration, are all of these. Lokas. there's Bhuvarlok, swarglok, maharlok, janalok, Tapalok and Satyalok. There's different beings, more and more subtle, higher planets, and then there's the lower planets. And these are all punishment zones essentially. There's there's a lot of pain in all of this thing. You know, so it's a big subject. I won't go into that. I, I but I but I will simply give a reference in the life of Bhagwan Swaminarayan, Sajanand Swami Maharaj. One of his paramansas was was. Uh, was uh, Sadguru Nishkulanand Nishkulanan Swami, that was his name, and in that Swamidayan Sampradaya, one of the the first scripture that was ever written is called Yamdand, and what that means is that, that Sajanan Swami put this sage, Nishkulanand Swami, in Samadhi, and in Samadhi, that sage saw all of these lower planets, what's going on there, and there's a scripture, that describes actually what what the kinds of the pain and suffering is down there. It's really something, you know, so so what we consider to be the Brahman, the higher and the lower regions. These are not some imaginary ideas. You know, people say, Who the heck has seen, Live, learn to live in this world and be in this world and forget about all this nonsense, you know, what is all this thing? But it's not like that. Because those who are researchers, those who want to know the reality, if you, and, are, and have the courage to take the internal journey, this is the most extraordinary discovery. How can there be a greater discovery that, that all of this exists? And this is metaphysics, but what is the implication in daily life? The implication is of extreme importance with an assumption that the cycle of reincarnation is true. The cycle of reincarnation is a discovery by the rishis. They could see that the Jeevatma is moving through these different lokas. Finishing their punya in these higher lokas. Coming back to the Bhurlok. That they do all different kinds of more attachment related. Jisko hum hai, that type of activities done. Then they go into the lower region. They could see this entire cycle. So... The perception of the transmigration cycle, again, is not simply something that was dreamt up by somebody. It is a discovery. Oh, that I myself have gone through all this. It is a discovery. And then if you take it further, what the rishis have stated is that there is a way out of this cycle. Look at the level of the Vedic tradition. My God science doesn 't even no no study in any university comes even close to this it not even one percent i mean this is way beyond our, uh, our 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 you know our usual understanding the way we think the, uh, the way we try to understand the world this is this is a discovery of incredible proportions, but that discovery is meditative and one has to sit for sadhana one has to have the different guru paramparas that are going to show you how to realize these things. That's why we have things like Sri Vidya, Sadhana and all that. What is all of that? Those are lineages from great sages that keep coming back into this this earthly plane to take the people into the higher consciousness. They keep showing this path again and again. That is why the Vedic tradition can never be extinguished. If you look at the history of India, The thousands of years of history so much attack has happened over the years from the outsiders to try to destroy this tradition it can never be destroyed even if every book is destroyed if everything is destroyed except just the sound om that remains in somebody's mind from that om everything can be created so this is not destroyed because you cannot destroy reality that already exists how can you destroy the e equals mc squared equation Somebody might be able to kill Einstein, but they cannot kill the equation. You know, just like that Somnath temple that we have, they've been attacked so many times and all those problems have happened. They, they can try to attack the temple or, or people can just try to destroy temples and all that. But the fact of the matter is, nobody can destroy what is Shiva. Shiva himself is a destroyer. Shiva, usko what you can touch. Nobody can do anything. You know, so the the, the actual reality that exists, It's just the reality. It's like mathematics. It just exists. You can't destroy mathematics. You know, so similarly, this Vedic tradition is not about a sectarian religion. That is totally wrong. That's not what it is. It is about a profound realization of the entire reality that exists, that is beyond our senses, indriyatit, again we go back to that, and the, hence the verse, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo maheshwarah that the embodied sages, living in human form, they are embodying, they are living technology, of the transformative process, and they are living manifestations, of the connection with Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, just like Einstein is a living manifestation of the connection with this higher level physics. He's a human being, right? But why we say, oh, Albert Einstein, my God, or Stephen Hawking, and all these people that we know, you know, they're just in human form. The human form doesn't, I mean, it's just a human form, like we have human form. But they have something extraordinary that's awakened inside of them. You know, similarly... Those rishis, those great sadhus, sages, those uh, those um, uh, siddhas, they have awakened all of this tr- reality, and they have seen infinite universes. If you look at the scriptures like Yoga Vasistha, Yoga is very granth, a Vedanta granth, and it's on the it's on YouTube. It's in Hindi, like you can listen to the whole granth in Hindi. It's beautiful, Yoga In that scripture, things statements like this are there that within one pore of the infinite consciousness millions of brahma vishnu shiva are there millions of universes are underneath their control these are the kinds of things that the rishis have discovered we can't imagine even how can we imagine you know but it's that is why imagination is not required here sadhana is required and the path shown by the different gurus is is necessary just like when we say Shivaya mantra or we do the Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, different mantra, different puja, arachana whatever is done with faith in, in 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 the way the way the gurus have taught, that allows for the access point to open. It is opening and creating an access point, and when one is actually connected with the with the higher consciousness, my God, you know that is the most extraordinary life. The manav becomes a mahamanav. Manav jo hai, wo maha manav hotai. You know, so Mahajan hotai. These are the great stages, the great souls, and they are manifestations of God. Hence the verse, verse, the second part of the verse, you know, Guru Deva Param Brahmata Shri Guru Venamah, or Guru Sakshat Param Brahmata Shri Guru Venamah. That is the extraordinary tradition we have. That tradition is for the whole world. It's not about people from India or brown-skinned people. It has nothing to do with it. It's a totally wrong idea. It is for the entire universe. The Sanatana Dharma is for the entire creation. Every, every cell, every bacterial cell, every ant, every plant, every human being. It is for everybody. The Rishis never created a sectarian or fragmentary or divisive approach. In the Vedic tradition, and anybody who tries to do that is not connected with the pr- tradition properly. They're connected with some distortion. You know, so that is the beauty. There's so much more to say about this. Iska to koi Thirty minutes <laughs> of, good lord, this can go on forever. It seems like, you know, iska, eee subject hai that this is like you know there is iska koi hai. The, uh, that, is why the, that is why the Vedas itself said neti neti, neti means there's no, iti means end point, neti means no end point. So eventually in the scriptures also, they if all the rishis eventually, even after writing thousands of pages and all this thing, they eventually said neti neti, we, there's no end. Anand, 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 anand. So That is the glory. It's like, you know, it's like just diving into joy. Anandame ananda ka sagara, it's like ocean of ananda. We're swimming in that ocean, ocean of ananda. And when when our when our mind, our drishti, our understanding, internal vision enters into this higher reality, my god, all of the limited obstructions in the world we face completely dissolve completely dissolved not they don't not even the slightest obstruction remains when the vision opens up into the vastness of the brahman and beyond the brahman and infinite universes if we start to contemplate on those things and the mind is evolving into that level of metaphysics where is the issue of getting 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 uh, um disturbed by anything in this world this world is a flux only. It's a wave on the ocean. Look at what, what Vivek Ramani says. It's a wave on the ocean. Millions are coming and going from in this world. Millions of beings. In Vachanamrutam. this is called Nitya Pralaya. We'll talk about that some other time. We, we will get into that later on. Nitya Pralaya, Naimitik Pralaya, Prakrut Pralaya, and Atyantik Pralaya. And Pralaya means the dissolution cycles. And once you think that, once you realize that even this entire Swarga Loka is going to dissolve, it has a time period. Even this Brahmaji has a life all has a limited life, 100 years, but not our years. His one second is our 660 years. And even he goes away at one point. If Brahma himself is going to go go away, then how in the world are we thinking we're going to remain eternal? How ridiculous. But even though things are temporary, there is the most extraordinary truth to realize while we are alive. And that is what the Gurus taught. Guru, you know, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Brahma means he's showing the creation, the creation within. Guru Vishnu, the sustenance of the of the of, of joy and higher realization and, and well and living in harmony with all of creation. That is Vishnu Tattva. And the Shiva Tattva is the creative destruction, that the destruction of ignorance, destruction of pain, destruction of limitation, destruction, that the that the, that whatever is created is going to be destroyed physically. That, that, is, that is the nature of the sansara. And the Durga Devi is in charge of this Brahman. She, the material world, who is in charge? According to the sages and the realization, and particularly you go into Durga, Satta, Shakti, and Shakti Upasana, what you are going to find is that the goddess is the one in charge completely of the Brahman. It is necessary for everybody. It is not about religion, it is about the reality of the existence of that tattva, of that great power that is running everything. There has to be, right? There has to be a great supreme power that is running the whole universe. Just like when I'm sitting in my room, I've got multiple computers, I've got all this electricity flowing through. There's a generating station somewhere. That's why I can see this with Zoom and this internet and I can... So there's a power is generated somewhere. So when we are connected with, with with Durga Devi, when we're connected with the Om Aim Reem Klim Cha this Maha Mantra, we're connecting with the source. We're connecting with the source of the, the 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 power source. That is the that is the actual devi Tattva, which has Brahma, Vishnu, every god, goddess. Everything is inside inside there, as far as the material world is concerned. And then you know, and then there are of course higher planets and Goloka, and all those other things are are different matter, akshara Brahma and all that. We get to the that's that's even higher level metaphysics. Even what I'm showing you here about the Brahman, as extraordinary as this is, this is actually quite lower level metaphysics compared to much higher level metaphysics that even the rishis have discovered, even beyond all of this. Wow, unbelievable. You know, so these things are, are just beyond, they're beyond even mind-blowing. So we so, say that it's mind-blowing, it's even beyond mind, which uh, there it might be some other mind that also gets blown away. You know, it's, 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 it's like that. Y- isi liye, isi liye ek mahima hai. Or, and also, the, let me just say, I'll just say one more thing. If we say that this is there, you know, jo sadhana hai, the bhakti that we were, are doing, we can take a childlike attitude. Hey, Paramatma, we don't know anything. I'm just a child. I'm just a small dust particle at your feet. I don't understand all this thing. Who am I to understand all this? Is you, you, you come to me? Why I can I cannot go to you? When the bhakta, the devotee, we talked about devotion before, Navda Bhakti, all. No. when the devotee says, Lord, I'm nothing, God, I'm nothing in front of you, and he, and he asks God to come to to him. I would guarantee if somebody makes a genuine plea to the Paramatma to come to you, He is going to come to you. Make a genuine plea that God, I, Hey Paramatma, in any form you, you want, whether it's Guru Nanak or Jesus or Krishna or Christ or some, any other guru or whoever, if you are genuine, that Paramatma, you want to see Paramatma face to face, make that genuine plea. say hoti. when you are asking from your heart, you how far is God away? He's actually sitting right inside your heart. Ishvaraha Sarva Bhutana Mruddesh Red Jnutishti Brahmayan Sarva Bhutani Yantra Rudani Mayaya Pagud Gita. Amazing stuff is there folks. We will stop here today. Otherwise this will go on until tomorrow. So let's stop here right now.